spectacular. Matthew, are you there? But with more feeling this time. Matthew, Matthew, are you there? Create a new character. Okay. You you should Set. have a. You can do it a few times. You have a few slots. Dusk. Is surrounding us here in the backyard at my house. Here we sit, getting ready for another, well, magical hour. Um, we're just gonna do one of them this time, only one magical hour. One magical hour, Matthew and Jeffrey podcast, spectacular episode 169. Hey, you know, we've come so far on this podcast and yet we're sort of just scratching the surface and tonight we're gonna kick it up a notch we're gonna take it to the next level whether that level be a scoville numerical designation or your D character level which tonight i'm gonna reveal my the name of my D&D character, which in the last episode I was unable to take seriously. I sit here in the dusk. We're starting a little early tonight. It's possible that the next level we're taking this to is the fourth dimension. Wait, more about that later. The important thing is I'm not alone because that would be terrible. What a boring podcast. Me just having a conversation with myself. I'm here with my podcast ride or die. He is not just a dorm at one of the seven sisters. He is the owner of your favorite third place and mine. He's Schaefer Hall. Podcasting. It's all we do. Schaefer and Matthew. And one microphone podcasting on the back porch. Wiki's our source <laughs> for all that we know. Podcasting, you make me feel so fine. I keep on talking all of the time. Podcasting, I'm talking right from the start. Right from the start. So now let's talk about art. Ha! You be 40. <laughs> no, I be 40. <laughs> We're, wow. Neither of us are 40 anymore, kid. Man, that was fantastic. Neither of us are 40 anymore, old man. Is that our first you be 40? I, I feel like maybe I've done. Well, as as soon as I started seeing you, I was like, have we, have have we, we done this one already? This before? I don't recall if we did. And I love that song. Have to have Red, Red, Red Wine. Database. Um, well, since you mentioned Nicholas, let's start off talking about that guy. Um, listen, listeners, listen, I love you all, 
But some of you, I love a little more, like Nicholas, because, uh, man, he's really analyzing each episode and he's drawing these connections between past episodes yeah. and current he, he episodes. He has like a big bulletin board with a bunch of yarn attached to like, I, like I mean, I guess that's possible, possible. But, <laughs> but I also feel like he, um, it's just like coming organically to him. He doesn't need a bulletin no, board. No, he doesn't need a bulletin head. board. He, he's like my shrink. He doesn't take notes, but he, then he always seems to know what's going on. Um, yeah. Uh, Nicolopagus got at us uh, on an email. And um, he says, I think, I'm, I, think I got to quote this. Um, oh, wait. No, wait, that's not this. This is his reply to I, I actually replied to him in a timely manner today. So. Episode 44 was the first time we talked to the possum, and then we talked to him again on episode 168. And Nicholas says, and I quote, the building that was at one point Cafe Brazil was originally the Majestic Diner, a throwback to 50s era diners that was constructed when I was in high school. A few years after Pizza Nizza started, and long after the real heyday when Good Eats reigned, my cousin Clementine, who manages her mom's Boggy Creek Farm in East Austin, close to the front page, was on the inaugural staff, and we used to go in and drink milkshakes and see her in her 50s era uniform. That's funny, because I described it as Miami. Ben described it as sort of Art Deco. Mm -hmm. That makes this, this all tracks. Uh, Nicholas goes on to say they spent a bundle on the building, though. And what Clementine said was that even though they did a ton of business, they never managed to catch up financially. I think it was closed within a year, maybe two. My hypothesis, like we talked about in the previous episode, was that it was it's just on a evil ley line. Yeah, Yeah, it's like there's some weird vortex there. There's now uh, a. multi-family residence like an apartment complex there i feel bad for those ghostly bastards uh living on that spot but hey nicholas thank you so much for like paying so close attention to this and um i replied to him and said you're just you're really pumping me up here it it feels worth it to continue even if it's just so that nicholas can study it and, you know, maybe he'll be the one to put the prompts into the AI to create the, you know, the robo versions of us when we're long gone. <laughs> Thanks, Nicholas. Keep listening. Keep keep drawing those uh, those mysterious connections between episodes and incidents and times in our lives. I mean, that, that seems like a lot of what we talk about, right? The, the strings that bind us. It does indeed. Um, well, here we are on episode 169. I would say that um, what I was a little bit of what I was alluding to in the opening was that here's what I want to do. And I proposed this to Schaefer and he agreed, tacitly agreed. I uh, there's a brand new step show, Angela Moore and the brand new step, who's a a band that's a a friend of the show. We, We play their music at the end. Often they're playing at the Continental Club tonight. I thought maybe we can. We can record some of this episode here. And then I downloaded a voice recording app on my phone, which I don't know why I didn't do this ages ago, because there there are times when we're out in the world and a conversation is happening. And if we could just 
capture a few minutes of it. If even for drops, yeah, it would be great. But I would like to go from here on the porch, and then we're at, we're gonna we're gonna stop down and we're gonna get in Shafee's vehicle of of Shafee's Lyft driver segment fame, uh, and, and and continue the conversation on the road here in Austin, Texas, as night envelops the city. What do you think? It's a great idea. You can you don't I once we get down there, I don't think you have to slow down. I mean, you do slow down. You, you, tuck don't, and roll? you don't have to stop. <laughs> you <laughs> you don't have to stop all the way. I'll just, I'll just be out. Um, this is assuming that you are not available to go into the bar. Yeah, no, actually, I should probably go driving. Actually, yeah, okay. I have well, really much time to do. Well, that you'll later. be you'll be right there in South Austin, ready to pick some jabroni up. Yep, and drive them to Georgetown. Hopefully not. <laughs> I picked um, up a guy the other night who, I guess I picked him up over kind of on the east side, so I started asking him about the front page, and he was like, oh, sure, I know that place, that's oh, your place? Oh. And I said, yeah. And he said, how'd you get into the bar business? And I said, I started out at a bar in New York. And he said, oh, what bar? And I said, the front, uh, the Four Face Liar. And he said, oh, on 4th Street? Oh. He's like. He knows that bar, too. He's like. You might, and you know, it's like I, I used to go there a lot because my friend, like, basically lived there. And he mentioned this guy, Jay, who actually, you know, he was best friends with Jay. You knew the friend? Yeah. Ha! Huh. And so that was funny. Lucas is his name, obviously. We'll be seeing him around the front page here and there. Small world. Yeah. And small podcasts. Yeah. You start to, yeah. That's interesting. I once read somebody, uh, I think it was actually a writer of Indian descent, uh, who she said, female writer, she said, it's not a, it's not a small world, just a very thin strata. Mm, right. <laughs> that you like, live in. Yes. Yeah, right. Of course. The same people who are traveling around Austin on a Friday night yeah. are going to have the same interests mm. and the same backgrounds. They're going to be from the same socioeconomic background. Mm. So, yeah, you do all know each other. Sure. <laughs> okay. People say small world. I like, know it's it's a pretty big world. It's just we're all uh, kind of stuck in our tribes. Um, well. Which there's nothing wrong with that necessarily, you know. Uh, it can be a comforting place to be, but, you know. Especially for a lot of us who kind of tried, I've always strived to get out, you know, and see other things. Well, in Austin, too, there's definitely like a creative class, you know, like we hang out with artists and musicians and architects. And there's there's only a certain number of people in that stratosphere, yeah. I guess, of a certain age and things um, that actually takes me to a little piece of. Matthew's minutia. Ma I feel like Matthew's minutia threatens to overwhelm this episode. So try at any at every. You're not the only one with minutia, Matthew. At every gesture. Well, yeah, I know, but I can go on Shaver's and on about minutia. It. Oh, good. It's we'll plentiful get, too. Okay, we'll get to Shaver's minutia. I need to update you on Capital Reyes beverage. Okay, yeah, good. Please do. Please do. They they have a they have a really bad reputation. Those fuckheads. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll get to that. Let's put a pin in that. I just wanted to tell everybody that, well, let me, let me just go back in time to the Capital Beverage days. Uh -huh. And I wanted to leave the beer distributor. I, I had been there too long. It had sort of um, 
misshapen my career in a way, you know, like I probably could have grown more in my career if I hadn't stayed with that comfortable, fun job for so long. And I had a friend, I have a friend, Will Longenecker, who is a recruiter, mostly for like software developers and stuff. And I was reaching out to him just about the landscape of like putting yourself out there, you know. And I remember we were sitting in Kim Fung right over here on North, uh, North Lamar Boulevard. And he was like, do you have a LinkedIn? And I was like, no, mm -hmm. this is probably 2014 or 15. And I was like, no, I'd seen LinkedIn and maybe even looked at getting a thing. But I didn't I don't know. I didn't see the point. He was like, look, th this this is going to be a very important thing going forward. It's basically your online resume. Mm -hmm. And now people use it to really as a social media channel where they post stuff about work and what they're doing. And so I said, no, I didn't. And, I, you know, I went and built one. I built a profile. And LinkedIn is very like they encourage you not to make any connections with people you don't know. People are always trying to say, hey, connect with me because I can help you with your business. They're trying to sell you something, you know. I have done none of that. And there's this there's this upper limit on the number of connections. It's 500 plus. It doesn't show how many connections you have beyond 500. And I just want everybody to know that like eight years later, I am at 467 organic connections here in Austin. Wow. And I'm looking forward to that 500 plus mark. Yeah. I'll let, every, I'll let everybody know about that. You're close. Getting there. I'm getting there and I'm not all the time. I'm tempted to just connect with some bot, some Russian bot with an Asian lady's face. Oh yeah. And then your yeah, then your connections will blow up after that, right? You just go supernova. I think so. I don't know. Maybe like I've been really careful with it. To a bunch of, <laughs> yeah. A bunch of uh faceless computers. Maybe I need to be less careful with it. But anyway, <laughs> I'm pretty proud of that. You know, you can't there's a number of scores in your life that you can't you can't fake. You can't fake the funk, like your credit score. Yeah. You know, there's a score you can be proud of. Your 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 total cholesterol. There's one. You want to, you know, if you, if it's if it's in the right range, you want to talk about it. I'm gonna, I'm almost at that 500 plus mark. I've been using LinkedIn more seriously in the last couple of years too because we're, you know, I'm 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 kind of the forward facing guy of my organization now. 500 plus is not the cholesterol you're looking for, is it? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. You want like a third of that. <laughs> After after five hundred, they don't really count your cholesterol anymore because it's just no. five hundred plus. I think that. I think five hundred plus is like your veins are partially hydrogenated, you know, and and they're just they're just gelatinous. And then you can go I think up, you're dead. And then you five hundred plus. And then you can do interstellar travel. Right, you're finally freed from this mortal coil. Uh, Why isn't the robot coming in when I need to? Before, wait, wait, tell the robot. Before let's let's do a little more minutia. How's the baseball season going? Is it over? Oh boy! I thought we were trying to have some fun here on the <laughs> podcast. No, it's not over. Um, well, I guess it's good news and bad news. The Blue Jays continued to underperform through the end of the season. Um, 
really, we had one. We had more one-run losses than any other team. We gave every team a run for their money. We came back from ten to one. We went into the bottom of the final inning ahead on a number of occasions and and weren't able to close it out. I I gotta say, like, we got a couple of guys that are really great pitchers and. It really just goes to show how your mindset and your emotion can affect your performance. Sure. You know, they've, they've, the pressure is on and it's tough to just get three strikeouts and stop the bleeding. That's so, kind of the interesting thing about the game of baseball, right? It's, it is. You have that, see, where you're out there all alone as a pitcher. Yeah. You know, the other games, you know, you're kind of running around in a gaggle of other kids. Yeah. Like basketball, baseball, I mean, basketball. Soccer, even football. Yeah, um, there's some weird aspects of like individual performance in yeah, baseball. Those kids Both at bat and at the pitcher, and yeah. really every position, you get your chance. There's the to game perform. between the pitcher and the batter, and then the other game. It's like right. two different games. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's fascinating. And I, the last regular season game, we dropped it. We finished three seven and one. We had one tie. Because of weather, really. Um, I don't know if I'm going to coach again in the fall. It takes too much. It's too much of an emotional toll <laughs> on me. Now, get it. let me let me juxtapose that with the end of Isabel's season, which ended with a tournament last weekend at this, at this uh, complex in Cedar Park. And I just guess I just didn't really understand what was going to happen at this tournament. Uh, they played a game on Friday night where Isabel got to pitch and she did well, but it turns out that game didn't even count towards the tournament. And then they had a game. Then the, there was a big storm on Friday night. A lot, there was like five inches of rain in Cedar Park. Yeah. And so the next day they were like, the games are delayed till four. She was supposed to have a game at 11 and they said it was going to be at four. I was like, oh, okay, four. That's going to – the Blue Jays game was at two. Anyway, they 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 pushed her game up to 1.30 and – they played that game, and then we we arrived. They won that game. They, they played better than they played. We saw the team click. Like, they put it all together. They they played their best two innings of baseball in that, um, that first game on Saturday. It was brilliant. And, um, and then so then they had another game right away. Like, a, like. They didn't even move out of the dugout, and they faced another team right away. Uh-huh. And this game was going at about 6.30. I, don't, I feel like I've got my times wrong. They played a game at 3. That went until 4.30, and then this game was going into the 6 o'clock hour. Anyway, they looked like they were losing this game, and we thought, well, that'll be it. And I left to get food, drive back into town and get food. And as I'm picking up home slice, Amy's texting me. They they lost, but they're playing another game tonight. So they played another game that night. Wow. And, and is over the course of the weekend, Isabel caught three pop flies and turned one of them into a double play. Nice. Yeah. She got the game ball at the end of Saturday. She like really came into her own. They they only had seven players on Saturday. 
and they were having to take an out for the eighth batting spot. They were still winning these games. I don't know. It wow. was very exciting to see that all come together. And then Isabel has made the All-Stars. So she's going to be playing postseason tournaments like for the next five weekends. Oh, wow. With three so practices a week. And then turn- yeah. The season was yeah, over. Yeah, the season was over. But- That's still exciting. But it's, it's, it's very exciting. And she's very stoked. And Griffin's already talking about other sports to play. So... so. That's uh befits his character. Maybe so. I think he. I think he needs a sport that's like constant motion, like basketball or soccer. I think we. I think in the fall we're gonna try soccer, and maybe do some basketball in the like winter break kind of time. Cool. Well, that's baseball's good. always be there for you, man. I, I I have enjoyed my foray into baseball, but at the end of the day, and I could hear it in Alex's voice when we first talked about this. <laughs> Baseball is a frustrating <laughs> affair. It's a difficult task. Yeah, and uh, man, it just it can it can be really heart wrenching. Alex is from Cleveland, so he has a really complicated relationship with any sport. I, I understand, <laughs> but I think he was right about the the no, nature yeah, of baseball just, and how um, I'm teasing confounding it can be in a way. You know, so uh, there it is. I feel like I said my kids' names on the air too much, but we had uh, our other super fan. We have another super fan, Grant Hall. Oh yes, Doctor Hall. I call him Grant because he tells me to each time. Sent us some colorful Texas sayings. Oh sweet! Wait, wait, wait. How high is your Texosity? This will be a pretty high... It's high Texosity segment, okay. Uh. <laughs> He's all hat and no cattle. That's a classic one. All hat, no cattle. You know, there was a there was an article in Texas Monthly. I haven't read the article. I just saw the Instagram post about it about guys using their dating profiles to be real cowboy, but really they have like some tech bro job. <laughs> but on their dating profile, it makes it look like they're just a a dude on a dude ranch. <laughs> Well, that's better than a poke in the eye with a sharp stick. Sure. My grandfather used to say that from time to time. My, uh, yeah. With with us, with a true lack of uh, irony. It was not tongue-in-cheek. Might as well. Can't dance, never could sing, and it's too wet to plow. Now, that sounds like something Brian Kroll might say. Might as well podcast. Try to get out of work. Can't dance, never could sing, and it's too wet to... Except, except Ryan Kroll can sing. Oh, yeah. When he uh, bothers to do it. That's true. I could st- st- sit still for that. Can you sit still for another episode of One Magical Hour? Wait, was that a saying? Or were you saying <laughs> that you would sit still for Brian Kroll? To- I have sensed. I've had, I, oh, yeah. I have proven that I can sit still for a Brian Kroll. Brian Kroll performance. Brian, do another gig. Just you. We love it. 
He's on a first name basis with the bottom of the deck. Woof. So I guess that sounds a, ominous. I guess he's a cheater. In fact, he's so crooked if he swallowed a nail, he'd spit up a corkscrew. Okay. <laughs> you know he. <laughs> Crooked as the Brazos, the, the Brazos River is a notoriously winding river. Is it? It is. Okay. It has more twists than a pretzel factory. <laughs> it's He's so crooked he has to unscrew his britches at night. <laughs> oh. That makes a very funny mental picture. Yes, it does. That seems like something that AI might produce. <laughs> Oh, this is a good one. Obviously near and dear to my heart. If that ain't a fact, God's a possum. Oh. I would say... Let's let's stop for a minute and break that one down. I would say if that down. ain't a fact, God ain't a possum, but... That is a fact. God, wait, say it again. If that ain't a fact, God's a possum. This speaker is appeared, appeared to be under the impression that God is not a possum. I would disagree with that. Okay, but but break down the first part of it. If that ain't a if fact, that ain't a what, fact. What you're saying is, it's a fact. It's definitely a fact. Okay. If it's not, then if then, then right. If then, God is a possum. Don't remember how to write that out in algebra, but I mean, definitely, we were created in the image of possum. <laughs> Some of us, yeah, more than others, for sure. All right. <laughs> Some of us created images. He's so honest, you could shoot craps with him over the phone. That one's funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> if I say a hand dip snuff, you can look under her wing for the can. <laughs> that speaks to the uh, truthfulness Veracity. of the speaker. Speaker. You yeah. got it. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is a good one. Brave is the first man who ate an oyster. <laughs> I've heard that one before. And if that ain't a fact. <laughs> Here's one for you married folk. Brave as a bigamist. Did you say you have to be brave to have more than one wife? Um, yeah, or just... Um, you're just ambitious. I don't understand... This one, but I mean, I guess I can put it together. Brave enough to eat in a Boomtown Cafe. I guess the Boomtown Cafes are fly-by-night affairs. Brave enough to eat in a Boomtown Cafe. Is that because the health department hasn't expanded as quickly as the town? See, I don't know. I think like the Boomtowns would pop up overnight, so maybe... The cafes are open quickly and don't necessarily, I don't know. Ha. Huh. They don't have a lot of Google reviews. Yeah. There's, they haven't yeah. been thoroughly yelped yet. Yeah. Fair enough. He'd shoot craps with the devil himself. <laughs> this is a good one. She'd charge hell with a bucket of ice water. Ha. Huh. Be, she'd be even braver if she didn't have the bucket of ice water. She'd charge hell without a bucket of ice water. Right. Mm. <laughs> it was tough. 
some of these. Yeah, the bucket of ice water is probably oh. not going to help you all that much. But maybe that's her braveness is that all she's got is that bucket yeah, of water. I got it. Okay. Okay. I got it. I got it. I'm sorry. Are we breaking it down a little too much? <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's what we're all about. She raised hell and stuck a chunk under it. <laughs> stuck a chunk under it, huh? He'd argue with a wooden Indian. She could start a fight in an empty house. That's a funny one. She's so contrary, she floats upstream. <laughs> He'll tell you how the cow ate the cabbage. I'm not uh, sure about that one. My dad used to grab my knee and say, this is how a horse bites a pumpkin. Yeah. Dad and used then, to give us horse then, bites, too. And then make me laugh uncontrollably. That's the weirdest feeling, isn't it? some tickle spot in yeah. the knee. Horsebite is my nickname for Alex. Oh. I call him Horsebite. And he calls me Tequila Tank. He must really like <laughs> He must really like that. You guys are both spot on. He stays in the shadow of his mama's apron. That makes sense. He's first cousin to Moses Rose. <laughs> What's Moses Rose? I don't know. Huh. He's yellow as mustard, but without the mite, without the bite. <laughs> oh my! He may not be chicken, but he has his hen house ways. <laughs> I guess that's a. Oh, here we go. This is a good one for Texas, particularly Texas of the last four years. Because we've been in a La Nina cycle, so it's been dry here. Yeah. But we're shifting into an El Nino cycle. Right. So it's going to be wetter. Yes. But we have been very dry. Would you say we've been so dry the birds are building their nests out of barbed wire? That's pretty dry. So dry. <laughs> so dry the trees are bribing the dogs. Oh, man. <laughs> so dry the catfish are carrying canteens. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, that metronome will just creep in on you. What else? Busy. Help me out with this one. Busy as a one-eyed dog in a smokehouse. <laughs> now, is a smokehouse a place where they're just like cooking meat? Yeah. <sighs> well, wouldn't a one-eyed dog be and a two-eyed dog be the same amount of busy? Um, I just. I don't understand. Like, what's the danger for the dog in the smokehouse? No, this is this is how busy you are. Busier. Oh, I I'm sorry. For some reason, I thought one-eyed dog in a for some reason I thought he was busy, like avoiding danger. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe that's right. So maybe, like, uh, are there are there? <laughs> sound like so ignorant. Um, <laughs> Are there like sparks flying or something? I don't think so, but maybe maybe the tail could be confused for a sausage. Ah, sure. <laughs> sure. I like how in this ignorant future of ours, we speculate about all these uh, these phrases from the past. This is a good one. He's so country, he thinks a seven-course meal is a possum and a six-pack. <laughs> Oh, that's... That's mighty country. That's pretty country. Is that roadkill? 
In that scenario, you're eating roadkill? Uh, it could be. You know, there's a classic song. I got four pounds of possum in my headlights. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that song. <laughs> I find that song very offensive, just yeah, for the record. For sure. Well, you are the keeper and protector of possums everywhere. You want some general advice? I'll give you guys a little general advice, and then we'll move on. Although this sure has been fun. There's plenty more. Maybe we'll do some more later Later on. This is the uh, gift of Texosity that keeps on giving, really. We're only like a fifth of the way through this. Oh, uh, well, let's turn this into multiple segments. Yeah, sounds good. But let's, let me give you a little general advice before I go. Never sign nothing by neon. Oh. <laughs> you... As a barkeep, <laughs> should understand that implicitly. Right? I do. Uh, I do love a neon sign, though. Yeah, but but not to illuminate a business deal. How about a worm is the only animal that can't fall down? Mm-hmm. He's already down, man. Can't get the lard unless you boil the hog. <sighs> I guess that's true. Is that how you get lard? Don't hang your wash on someone else's line. Sure. <laughs> this one's kind of funny. Do God's will, whatever the hell it may be. Right. <laughs> this one's got you tickled? It's just, I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's a way of saying... Come again, but uh, lick that calf again. What? Lick that calf again. Okay. <laughs> I don't. Lick that calf again. And then in parentheses it says, say what? What? Lick that calf again. Say what? <laughs> <laughs> A guilty fox hunts his own hole. <laughs> I feel like these are going astray. <laughs> Leading us astray at best. Barn doors open and the mule's trying to run. Oh boy. That means you need to zip it up. Yeah, you're doing okay. Okay. Thanks for checking. <laughs> There's a big difference between the ox and the whiffle tree. <laughs> All right, we'll do some more. Uh, we'll do some more Texas things next time. Let's not forget about them, okay? Uh, the ox and the whiffle tree. So, I want to try this experiment. I want to stop down here, and I want to just continue this podcast on the road. How do you think we're going to... you think we're going to be able to do that? I'm, I'm going to need to read the poem, I think. Yeah. But wait, I'm going to be recording... Shoot. Why don't I read the poem now and you can cut it out and put it at the end. Okay. Let's do it. I I need I hope I remember to edit. Go ahead. Sure. Oh, I was I gonna do a James Tate poem. Oh, I love James Tate. You work for Enron? <laughs> that, that's not the same James Tate? We uh Yeah. I was I was looking at his collection of selected poems the other night.
I'll collect your suggested poems. No, wait. I'll select your collected poems. No? Did I get that right? The Soup of Venus by James Tate. Okay. This soup is cold, and it needs something. You probably didn't follow the recipe. You were in a hurry and wanted to surprise me. That was sweet of you, but you forgot that I don't like cold soup. You might try adding one bay leaf while you're in there. The salt is on the table, and I will experiment with that myself. The parsley doesn't taste much, but it does improve the appearance. You used to make such good soup. I always bragged about your soup. I think that's what originally attracted to me, that hot soup you used to make. I love that soup. Do you still have that recipe? Well, this tastes a little better now. Lukewarm soup is my second favorite. Is soup a stand-in for something else there? <laughs> is soup just soup? That almost sounded like a Shel Silverstein. Yeah, that's funny. Okay, well, um, you know what? I probably won't edit it. I'm probably it's probably just going to be like the postscript. <laughs> We're going on the road. We're going on the. That's funny We're, that it's first time. Our randomly in a while that our randomly selected poem has been kind of a more lighthearted, whimsical one. Thank God, <laughs> it was like a string of super heavy ones. Yeah, we've had a lot of heavy ones, and like maybe Which is like, of... you know Phil Levine and Larry Levis are going to be like. That. I feel like this is one of our lighter episodes. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely yeah. right. So I think it fits. Thank goodness we finally had a light episode. As they often do. Okay, well, you're either going to hear. A brand new step song right now, or you we're going into the what what's it like the postlude? What what is what would you call like a an appended thing? Epilogue. We're going into the epilogue, or that's an abject failure, and we're just doing the closing song. Either way, we love you, and we'll see you next time. Or or you might hear us now. But just in case, the poor of the choices. Sweet of the wine. Okay, here we are in the lift. Shafee's lift. You want to pretend like this is a real lift ride? Like you just came in and I'm a stranger and I'm a lift <laughs> Um, Do some role play? Sure. Usually. So like I would have do, picked you but up. Does anybody sit in the front? Sometimes they do. Yeah. And I would say, you know, usually just like if you need an adjustment or, the, you know, temperature or volume, just let me know. Uh-huh. Okay. And I just say, oh, that's fine. Often they say, hey, this is a nice car. Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, usually we pull out. And, you know, you kind of try to gauge whether they're, you know, going to want to talk or not. You know, it's... Well, I'm. you know I'm going to want to talk. Yeah, and it's generally <laughs> more fun for everybody if people talk. You know, it makes uh -huh. the tri trip go by a little faster and all that. Um, so then I usually I'll say, so what are you up to tonight? Oh, well... Um, I'm going down to the Continental Club, which I don't go there very often. Love that place. Yeah, it's classic. To see my friend's band, Angelo Moore and the Brand New Step. Angelo Moore, he was in that band. Fishbone. Fishbone, yes. <laughs> this is like the most scripted part of this <laughs> podcast ever. Uh, thanks for just setting it up for me. Fishbone, yeah. It's funny because, you know, the podcast is about creative endeavors and we like we focus on our friends who commit creative endeavors. And, yeah. and Chris Jensen, 
creative with a K, Chris with a K. He he's a guy who's dedicated to creative endeavors. We you know, get him he's on a, the cast one of these days. He's a he's a master tile guy, and he and he does street art, and he's a musician. He plays the guitar, and man, I would like to talk to him on the podcast about about this whole period of him knowing Angelo. Like he's from San Francisco, and he. This is like 12 years ago now. We were talking about it recently. 12 years ago now, he went to a show of Angelo's. I don't think it was a Fishbone show. I think it was a solo show or something. And um, he was like, he was so blown away by Angelo's energy and whole vibe that he was like, I want to be in a band with that guy. And he basically just approached him after the show and was like, I, I want to do a band with you, and and he and his friend Diamond Jim Greer, um, who Jim is connected with some of the guys like Dan the Automator and the Handsome Boy Modeling School crew, and they um, they convinced Angelo to do a project, and Angelo I think was all about it too. Like he wanted to do something that was uh, all him and creative, and not about Fishbone and. So they've been doing this project, Angelo Moore and the Brand New Step. And uh, I'm the basically the 12th Brand New Stepper. I say 12th because the band consists of a few members that are like in and out of other bands. Yeah. Um, there's Ashish Vyas, who is the um, bass player for Thievery Corporation. Thievery Corporation yeah. And there's Hassan Hurd. Who is a drummer for the band The Coup, and then there's uh, they have another drummer that comes in sometime, and he's the drummer for Ween. Oh, cool! I can't remember his name. And then they've had um, some different female singers involved. And uh, anyway, the the band is, and of course Chris and Jim. And then I've I've done the website for him and some graphic design for him, and so I consider myself. Uh, a, a, a satellite of the band. I'm a big fan. I've seen a number of their shows, and like, you know, I I went to New Orleans last year, uh, just solo to to see them play and hang out. Um, when I saw them, I saw them at the Mohawk. Yes, a couple years back. I remember that. I was really struck by how genuinely dynamic they were like you know a lot of you know a lot of bands well a lot of artists musical artists will tell you they don't like to be pigeonholed into a genre and a lot of bands will say oh we kind of blend genres but it's very rare that that a band truly is outside of genres uh-huh. and i think that brand new step is one of those bands yeah yeah, for sure. They are entirely their own thing. They've mixed some stuff together, and then some stuff's brand new. Yeah, I mean, it's soul, it's funk, it's electronic, but Angelo insists upon uh, bringing the horns to every session, and Angelo's also a, an accomplished theremin player. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for horns and everything have myself. You, have you seen this clip with um, it's some YouTube channel with two chains? 
it's like Two Chains little YouTube show about like the most expensive instruments in the world. And there's one with Angelo, and it's like Two Chains and this other rapper, and they go visit Angelo in, in L.A. And Angelo has all these like expensive horns, and then the theremin itself, which is a rare instrument, he shows Two Chains. It's funny because Two Chains is is kind of out there himself, um, but Angelo's really out there. And, you can see in this one moment where Two Chains is like, "Ooh, this guy." <laughs> did you know that for a while at the Mongoose we had open theremin night? Oh, I did not know that. Because yeah. one of our bartenders, Mike Reed, had a theremin. Was oh, that right? And so he would just set it up, and you could come in, and on Monday nights you could drink half price Texas drafts and pl- and play the theremin if you wanted to. Huh. Super fun. I can't believe I never went to that. <laughs> anyway, we're going to do that, and. I wanted to take it to a little Matthew's minutia here. I have experienced in the past many, 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 many times um, this sort of, I used to call it like social anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, Before I go do something with people, a party or it doesn't even have to be like a performance or anything. It could just be like a party with friends. Man, I I get this like anxious feeling. And it was actually Chris's wife, Lisa, my dear friend, Lisa, introduced me to Chris. Lisa predates Chris in my life. Yeah. Um, This is probably 20 years ago. And I was talking about this very phenomenon in my life. And Lisa really helped me see it from a different perspective she was like hey you know maybe it's not anxiety maybe you're just excited and man i've thought about that a million (laughs) times since then um i get butterflies in my stomach when i'm gonna go anytime i'm gonna go somewhere and there's gonna be people it's funny because you would probably perceive me as like an extrovert right and comfortable in a crowd and and I like talking to people like why would I why would I manufacture this like I don't know like a little tinge of fear every time I go do something I wonder. In, in a social setting but I do man and as soon as I get there and I I start doing the thing it it melts away it's yeah. not like it hangs around and it's not like it's really some kind of like burden on my life but still to this day even in this advanced state of age and mental health i still get very excited when i'm gonna go do something with people even my friends even to see a band that i know all the members of the band and i just still get a little nervous i thought that would bring a good energy to the podcast that's part of why i wanted to get it in the car it's exciting yeah i wonder how often you know, what people call anxiety is just a different, a slightly, you know, different amount of what someone else would call excitement. Right. I'm experiencing a little bit of that with the, the sports with my kids. Mm. Because when your kid gets up to bat mm. or to pitch on the mound, you know. Yeah. Or on the flat ground, as it were, for softball. I don't know. What, why do baseball pitches from a little hill and softball's <laughs> flat? It doesn't make any sense. There's these few little differences between baseball and softball. They, they call it a softball, but it's actually much harder than a baseball. It's really weird. Um, 
you you experience this feeling in your gut for you and your kid that like um, if you if you wanted that feeling like you'd have to pay a lot of money to get it mm-hmm. you know drugs or seven margaritas or, or you know whatever it is uh, or a roller coaster some kind of like extreme sporting experience you would you'd have to pay a lot to get that so it's interesting that when you're watching your kid do something you feel that same thing it's the same that's that same thing that um when you're watching your friend do karaoke right (laughs) (laughs) and you yeah okay so this is a good example it's like empathy right you you're feeling their anxiety you're feeling or you're making up or you're projecting your own anxiety out of them totally don't get don't don't sleep on that one. Pure nation. Uh, a lot of people, yeah. Uh, I think should recognize that what's what makes them anxious makes other people excited, and should let people do their own thing in that regard. Right. I was also thinking recently how you know, I mean, how different a person I am at forty eight than I was at say twenty eight. And how we don't necessarily, I still think, you know, the the same things, I try to apply the same solutions to what are now different problems for me, you know, Uh like, especially like, you know, when it comes to like self-care, stuff like that, you know, you kind of like, you know, you have these things, you know, that you've grown up, you're like, oh, if I do, you know this thing, you know, if I, if I lock myself in my room with some records, you know, and a dime bag or something, I'll, you know, I'll calm down and I'll feel better about everything. And then I can go back out and be in the world again. Um, that might not necessarily apply to a 48 year old as well as it did to a 28 year old, you know, uh, or maybe, you know, maybe with this entirely arbitrary, um, it just occurred to me the other day that maybe the things that used to solve problems don't necessarily do it anymore. And I maybe need to adjust the uh, way that I'm addressing certain things. Yeah. Sorry to take it to a weird place. That's all right. Suddenly I became aware of you driving us, and I hope that... Um you know, the distraction of doing the podcast doesn't lead to any kind of poor outcomes here. <laughs> um, I did say something. Talking and driving is something I, I do a lot. I did say something in the um, preamble to today that I wanted to just return to real quick. I, I wanted to, when, when we were making our D&D characters in episode 168, I was having a lot of fun with the name. Yeah. And Ben was getting very stern with me about how <laughs> my name needed to reflect the fantastical nature of the game. And I was I was sort of turning it into a rap name. Yeah. Uh, if you'll recall, I was Arcane Johnson or just Arcane J. Um, and that was unacceptable. And I've gone back to the drawing board and I've thought about it a lot. And uh, here's what I've come up with. Okay, here's my name. I'm a... I'm a wood elf ranger who's also a sage. Like yeah. used to be a sage, learned everything, and then was burned by society, and now is on the fringes of society in the forest. Yeah. Wood elf ranger. My name is 
Glade Rune Far Cry. I like it. You like it? Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. I can't yeah. remember what I'm name I decided. I'm going to run and buy beans. Make sure that's okay. My name in, the, in my last D&D campaign, I was a drow elf cleric. What, wait, what is that? A drow elf? Yeah. They're an underground dark. Oh, a dark elf. Yeah. Species of elf. Ah, cool. Specializes in like uh, necromancy and stuff. Oh, I like a little necromancy. My uh, and my like name that. was the Shovla. Excuse me. The Shovla. <laughs> okay. Uh, which I had spelled like S H apostrophe V L O L A, which that was kind of inspired by the Wu Tang Clan, I think. <laughs> okay. Like the Rizzo, the, like the, the Shovla. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Shovla. Oh, uh, yeah, Shubla. I get it. Yeah. It sounds like the action. Yeah. And I had like, a, I had a like cantrip. Mini driver. I had a spell that I could cast called that it was I would just say, I'm gonna ring them bells. And I would I would cast the spell that ring these bells that would drive people mad and, oh. and actually like cause their bodies to like devolve. Uh, like our listeners? Yeah. <laughs> um This is fun. We should do this more often. I, I think that the mobile podcast is like not explored enough. And I think in the way that we were talking about restaurants and the place, you know, like going to different places to do the podcast and just the mobileness of it. There was this time when we had just started the thing and we were at your dad's house in the country and we were like trying to figure out downloading garage band on your thing. First thing, we, we thought that we were beholden to like web platforms to record us. We found out that's not true. And then we were like, oh, it's got to be a garage band. Now, look, we're just on the phone, which I don't know why, why didn't we do this before. God, it took us 169 episodes to figure this out. Join us for episode 170, where we record from the path to Mount Everest. Thank you.